This is the Breakfast Leadership Podcast. Boundaries or burnout, you make the choice. Here's your host, Michael Levitt. Welcome to another episode of the Breakfast Leadership Podcast. It's Michael Levitt, and today I've got Benjamin Brandt with Capital City Wealth Management. Benjamin's a certified financial planner, and today we're going to talk about entrepreneurs and their retirement plans. Benjamin, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Glad to have you here. So, a lot of my listeners are entrepreneurs, and they have finally reached their dream of being their own business owner, and they're starting to see some success, and things are really going well for them. But they tend to live in the here and now. And like many of us, we're not thinking about retirement as often as we should. I'm, I'm guessing you encounter this on a daily basis. So tell me a little bit about uh, your backstory and some of the things that you're seeing, uh, especially with entrepreneurs and all of the new organizations that are popping up day after day. Yeah, you bet. Uh, I'm a certified financial planner. Like you said, I've been counseling clients for the better part of 11 or 12 years. Uh, it's my first real job out of college and out of the military, uh, as I like to say, uh, and I love it. I, uh, people ask me what I do, and I, I tell them I teach people how to retire. So, uh, you know, we work our whole lives and we save our whole lives towards this sort of unambiguous uh, goal or, you know, something that's not well flushed out in many people's minds, and we help them figure out what that is and then, uh, and then walk with them on that journey. So, yeah, we teach people how to retire. What are some common things that you encounter when you are dealing with, with people that are you know, coming to you with retirement planning, uh, with some things that are common um, and some of the things that surprise you? I think people don't have a great grasp on how much it, they actually spend per month. Uh, I don't think people have a good, a good grasp on, on what specifically they're going to accomplish by retiring. Oftentimes, people think I'm going to retire from my career. And if that's your focus, you're really only getting yourself halfway there. We got to figure out what it is that we're going to retire to. And I think the busier you are, the more involved with your career you are, the harder it is to picture yourself outside of that context. Uh, you know, transitioning from the 40, 50, 60 hour a week business owner to the 100% of your time retired guy or gal. Uh, it's something completely foreign. Uh, and I think it's something we have to train our brains to think about because you know, especially for entrepreneurs, our career, the business that we're building, and I include myself in, in, this, in this group, that's a huge part of our identity. That's a huge part of our legacy. And so at some point, you don't know where the business starts and, and, and stops and where you begin. So when we're thinking about retirement, that's totally a, a foreign idea for most entrepreneurs is because that's the exact opposite of the existence that we're trying to create for ourselves. So the closer you are to that, you know, when I'm describing this person, if that's you, the harder it is going to be for you to retire uh, and, and, and live a lifestyle or, 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 or find fulfillment outside of your, of your chosen career profession. A, a sneak peek that I often give myself for retirement and the focus of, you know, what I want to do when I quote unquote retire is if I take a few days off of work and literally don't have anything planned. So, you know, whether it's going camping or out to the cottage or just going on a vacation somewhere and, and keeping myself away from work-related items and just you know, doing things without really any agenda or plan. And I find, especially for, you know, people like myself that are 
tend to be driven and they tend to work on a lot of things to downshift that hard is, is really problematic. Uh, boredom sets in and you go, wait a minute, this is what retirement looks like. I don't know if I want to retire if this is what it looks like. So I, I think for many of us, we have to figure out, okay, what would we like to be doing um, if we weren't doing the roles that we're in? Because I, I think many of us still want to be active and doing something. It could be hobbies. It could be helping out. It could be a lot of different things. But I think for many of us, all we think about, like you said, was that first part of, okay, we're not going to be doing this work anymore. But all of a sudden we have, from the time we wake up until the time we go to bed, um, without any plans or schedules or agendas or anything. And I think after a very short period of time, uh, we, we tend to lose ourselves and we, we tend to go, okay, what are we going to do? Well, what can we do? Do we have anything to do? And it's, it's, it's a huge uh, shock to the system for many that I've spoken with that found themselves in that role. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, every day is Saturday. Uh, and again, especially for entrepreneurs and business owners, you know, the, the, it sort of goes along the idea of that if you're a carpenter, you know, the carpenter's deck never gets built uh, because you, you're building decks all day long. And the last thing you want to do on a Saturday is, is build a deck. You're looking for some time away from that. I think there's a lot, there's a lot that goes along, uh, along those same lines with being an entrepreneur and being a business owner is that, you know, when you finally find time to pull away from that, you don't want to think about uh, you know, planning those sorts of things because that's just that's just too close to what you're doing all the time anyway. So your brain sort of wants to mentally take a break from that. Uh, but we do have to find time to to do that retirement planning. So uh, I developed this this, and it, it's not my uh, totally my creation entirely, but the idea of the retirement rehearsal. Uh, now I know business owners generally don't get paid time off, but what spurred this sort of uh, logical journey in my head was was the figure that there's 50 billion dollars a year in unused unused vacation pay that gets squandered every year. And I looked at that and said, how can we use that as a financial planning tool? And so what I thought is that people should, should on the road to, to retirement, maybe two or three years out, they should take a one to a two week vacation, uh, call it a staycation, and they should sit at home and do absolutely nothing just to sort of condition their brain as to what this retirement picture might look like. Rehearse retirement. You know, if we're, you know, my, my son just started hockey uh, this last week and he's terrible at skating. And I'm telling him that's because you haven't practiced yet. You, the, the thing that you practice is the thing that you're going to get better at. Same thing with retirement. We would call this a rehearsal, a practice retirement is something else. But the more that you rehearse something, likely the better you are, uh, the more you're going to get better at it. I love that analogy. And I love the fact of um, the staycation component of it, because oftentimes when we do take our vacations, the first thing we do is head to the airport or jump in the car and we go somewhere. Um, mm -hmm. the, the staycation side of things really gives you a glimpse of what retirement would look like. And it, it alarms me um, that, you know, th there's $50 billion of unused vacation pay. Um, it, and even in, you know, the organization that I, that I help with, um, there are individuals that, you know, and historically I've had to remind you have vacation paid or vacation days to take. And it's alarming that I would even have to have that conversation because 
I utilize every one of my vacation days because I know that I need to take a vacation. It's good for refreshing. It's good for getting away. It's good to re-energize and, and do things that I like to do during the year. And the fact that you know, people aren't taking their vacations still boggles my mind. I, I can understand to a certain extent for some cases if they're the only person there that can do that particular task, but even then, you know, build in some mechanisms and, and systems around that to allow you to take your, your vacation because if you don't take a vacation, it catches up to you. Uh, burnout will sink in really, really fast, and then all of a sudden you, you get ill, and like you alluded to before, you might uh, – you might be retired because you're ill and you're not able to continue your role. And all of a sudden then you've got the, you know, you had to retire early type of situation and that just creates another, you know, dynamic situation because you may not have enough saved up for retirement and it's just a domino effect that creates all kinds of problems for people. That's true. Sometimes you retire, sometimes you get retired. I know, I know a lot of us would love to die with our work boots on and, and embrace our inner warm buffet and work until we're 90. But you know, that's some of that's outside of our control, right? Uh, you know, your health is somewhat in your control, but you know, bad things happen sometimes to good people. But, you know, you talked about the saving up, uh, you know, accumulating of, of, of vacation hours. Don't you feel, Michael, sometimes that it's sort of a badge of honor? You know, I've got a, maybe, maybe a, a competition of sorts. We, our clientele are very blue collar here in North Dakota, a lot of natural resources people, uh, coal mines, oil fields, things like that. And I think sometimes it's sort of a, a badge of honor that those vacation hours that, you know, I've got 400 hours saved up. I've got 800 hours saved up. But it almost sort of becomes this competition to see how many hours that you can save up. But the reality is the more hours you have saved, the less rehearsal you've had, you know, for retirement. And, and incentives being what they are, you, you mentioned jumping in a car, or jumping on a plane, traveling somewhere. Incentives being what they are, when we put money into our, our 401k plans every, every other week or every payday, sometimes you need an incentive to do so. So that trip to Cancun or that trip to, to Australia or Scotland or somewhere exotic, that's sort of what keeps you putting the money in every month. But in reality, if, we, if you put a pen to paper to it and figure out how much time you're actually going to spend on that vacation as compared to your entire retirement, it's going to be 0.0000% of your overall retirement, right? So that's what we save up for. But the reality of the situation, Michael, is that the actual most important day of your retirement is going to be like a random Tuesday afternoon or a random Thursday morning, something that you would have no idea how to prepare for unless you actually set aside the, the, the time to rehearse that. Just you and your wife pursuing your hobbies, pursuing your volunteer activities, finding out what gives you fulfillment outside of your career, and then that's really where the meat and potatoes of, of your actual retirement plan is going to take place. If the incentive of the nice trip is nice, if that's what keeps you putting money in your 401k and keeps your money in the stock market, the reality is that's not a huge amount of time in the grand scheme of a 30-year retirement. And that's a key component there, as you had mentioned, 30-year retirement. Um, our, our lifespans are much longer than they were. And what happens is you have a significant chunk of time after you retire of living. And you hit it right on the head. Now, short of you being extremely wealthy and you can you know, jump on a plane anytime you want and go anywhere you want, the majority of us won't have that luxury to be able to do that as often. So that Tuesday morning or Thursday afternoon, that's what retirement looks like. And you know, getting comfortable with you know, what that looks like and designing your time and your days 
to navigate that is important. And you know, one thing I want to touch on really quick about you know the the badge of honor of saving you know, four hundred vacation hours. A challenge that a lot of people face is when they actually do have time to start using that vacation time. They're too tired and burned out to actually enjoy their vacation because it takes a good four or five days anyway for most people, including myself, to quote unquote detox from work mm-hmm. to just be able to relax and enjoy. Um, and that's why you know, when people take short vacations, like you're really not taking a break. You're, you're basically just getting yourself back to a normal state from you know the hustle and bustle of your work life. You haven't really rested or recuperated. You, ha- you, you haven't given yourself enough time to do so. So in those situations, storing up those vacation hours, while I am a huge fan of work ethic, I'm a huge fan of, of you know, really you know, giving your all and all that stuff, but you know what? It's, it's a two-way street. Um, you're giving of yourself and your time for your organization. Your organization in return is giving you time off so you can enjoy life and re-energize because when you come back, you're going to be a better employee than you were when you left because you've re-energized, you've recovered, you're refreshed. And the performance that you'll provide is actually going to be better than for those people that are like, look at all the vacation hours I've stored up. It's like, yeah, you're beating yourself up. Yeah, you're totally right. You know, your brain is going to know, you know, two or three days of vacation, your brain's going to know you're on vacation. So that this sort of mental clenched up feeling of stress you're not going to get rid of that after two or three days because your brain knows, you know that that's temporary, but, but a week, a couple of weeks, you know, you're, you're, you're going to relax a little bit and you're going to start to feel what that, what that retirement feeling might be. And I think it, it, you learn a lot about your retirement by doing such a thing in a multiple of ways. One, you know, learn what you're going to retire to, not just retiring from whatever annoys you about, uh, about your career. And we all have certain things that, that bother us, but you're also going to get some unique insight into your retirement plan. You know, one, if you find out that you're bored, that's a huge red flag. Boredom is a four-letter word in retirement, generally because we try to do something to cure that boredom, and that usually involves shopping or spending or doing something that we maybe hadn't accounted for in our retirement budget. Two, you, you get a couple of weeks of real data to input into your retirement plan. Am I spending more than I thought? Am I spending less than I thought? So if you're bored, we want you to keep working or, or keep evaluating options that you can retire to but look at that retirement data. If you're spending more than you thought, you need to put that into your retirement plan and figure out if I need to save more or work longer. But, and, and I've seen this happen a few times. If you're spending less than you thought you would on that random Tuesday afternoon, that random Thursday morning, you might actually get to retire fi- from a financial standpoint. You might be able to retire sooner than you thought because, yeah, the trips and everything are, are fun and they're more expensive. But again, the reality is 99% of your time is that random Tuesday afternoon. If you figure out what that costs, you're able to use that real data in your retirement plan and it could get you to retirement all that much sooner. And that's great advice because, again, you know, these people that you know, don't practice what retirement feels like is missing out on this, this awesome um, example to test things out. Oftentimes, we don't get to test things. We get launched into them, and here we are. So if you have the opportunity to actually rehearse what your retirement life would look like, it'll provide you some incredible insight on how you're living now compared to how you think you'll be living when you're at uh, the age that you want to retire at. And if there's any adjustments, then 
those are some things that you need to take a look at and and figure out, okay, what's the best thing, you know, for us to do on that. That's awesome. And you're not as tough as you think you are, you know, speaking directly to some of your older male audience, you know, you think you're 10 feet tall and bulletproof, but you know, if you think you're going to work 80 hours a week, all the way up until age 80 and never take a break because you're, uh, you know, this Superman entrepreneur, you know, uh, you're not, you're not, that's not going to happen. You're going to wear yourself out. You're going to get cancer. You're going to get some autoimmune deficiency in, and you're going to get retired way sooner than you would have liked. So you got to space this out. You got to approach this strategically. You've got to take the vacations. You got to take the staycations. You got to keep lines of communication open with your spouse and your staff and you got to do this the right way it's so important and you know my own personal story i thought i was superman even though i'm a huge batman fan but uh yeah i thought i was superman and you know had a pretty significant health scare and some challenges and learned from it and thought okay i realized that uh there's more kryptonite in my life than I thought there was. So let's, let's address those and, and take better care of myself and, you know, not put in those 80 hours because uh, it's not going to help me in the short term or the long term. Got it. So what else would you like to share with the audience today? What's some tips that you'd give entrepreneurs that are just starting off in their business and things are starting to grow a little bit and, you know, they're, they're still putting in a lot of hours. What's what some uh, key advice you'd like to share with them today? Well, one of the key advice pieces is probably your first hire. Uh, and the way that, that we sort of calculated this, and this was with some help with some executive coaches, is figure out what your return on time would be. You know, figure out, how much do you want to earn per hour, basically every hour of, of, of your life, right? And let's say that's $100 an hour, let's say it's $500 an hour. Every activity that you find yourself doing leading up to your first hire, every activity you find yourself doing, at, and let's say your number is $500 an hour, which is what my number is. If I'm filling out paperwork, I have to ask myself, is this a $500 an hour task? If not, then I need to delegate that to someone else. If I'm cutting out of work an hour early to go hit the gym, is that a $500 an hour task? Well, yes, it actually is because that's investing in my longevity. Or if I cut out of work an hour early to take my kids down the street to the Halloween store and shop for an Indiana Jones costume, is that a $500 an hour activity? Well, you bet it is because I'm, I'm, I'm approaching and trying to achieve that work-life balance, you know, so, or doing things like, like interviewing on a podcast. That is $500 an hour activity because that's expanding our, potentially expanding our audience to teach more people how to retire. So when you, when you walk up to your first hire, when you lead up in that process, your first hire, think about what that return on time is going to be. Everything under $500 an hour or whatever you choose for yourself gets delegated to that person. And that's going to open up the opportunities for, for much, much more hours at your maximum return on time. So that's, it, it's, it was very eye-opening for me to, to look at my time in that way and, and discover a lot more things that I could delegate. I used to edit my own podcast. I don't do that anymore. I've outsourced that looking to outsource a lot more things just so I can spend more hours on, you know, doing what my clients are paying me to do, which is learn about retirement topics, create content around retirement uh, and do all those sorts of things. That's leadership gold right there. Because again, for many entrepreneurs and even leaders that aren't very good at delegation, you have to look at it and that's a great equation. It's like, okay, what's my hourly rate? It's like, then ask yourself, okay, would I pay $500 to edit my podcast? No, um, I wouldn't. Um, and if my, and although the person that edits my podcast probably deserves it, don't get any ideas there, buddy. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, but, but it's crucial, you know, medial tasks that others could do. Um, it's, it's better for them to do it. And, 
you know, when I, when I think about delegation, um, earlier in my career, I was lousy at it. And it's like, you know, it's just quicker for me to do that. That's one thing or two things that's fine. But when it turns into 20 or 30 things, then you're overwhelming yourself. So the quality of work that you're doing declines dramatically. And also too, when you're, when you're launching your business, there's certain things that only you can do. Those are the things that you should be working on. Because once you do that, then the quality of your work and the strength of your organization grows. And by hiring somebody to do those other tasks for you, you're, you're providing someone with an opportunity. You're, you're helping them you know, meet the dreams and the goals that they have in their life. So that's how things work. And it actually makes things better for everyone involved when you have that opportunity to do that. So that's, that's some leadership gold for sure. Well, and you're right, Michael. It's kind of funny. We sort of trick ourselves as entrepreneurs. You know, we sort of work against ourselves. The thing that made us successful as an entrepreneur early on in our in our career with our business, you know, I'm able to bootstrap that thing. I need a website built. I don't have five thousand dollars for a website. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on YouTube and I'm gonna learn how to build a website myself, right? Or I can I can bootstrap just about anything because I don't have a lot of money, but what I've got is time. I can put in 80, 90, 100 hour weeks, whatever it would be. Uh, and I can bootstrap this myself. And that's great for your first couple months or maybe your first couple of years. But then as your business starts to grow and become more profitable, you are going to be the bottleneck because you've got all these other things, all these other clients or vendors or whatever it would be that are going to be demanding of your time. And if you're the person that's still bottlenecking, uh, that's still bootstrapping all those things, you're going to be the bottleneck that's going to impede your own growth. So you've got to look at your return on time, figuring, figure out what you're going to delegate. You know, early on, you've got, you've got a lot of time, but not a lot of money. So you bootstrap. Later on, you're going to have money, but not a lot of time. That's when you delegate. It's the best math equation I've heard all day. Uh, so <laughs> thank, thank you for that. So Benjamin, how, how can people find out more about you and connect with you? Check us out. Uh, Retirement Starts Today is our podcast, Retirement Starts Today Radio. Uh, download our free resources on our website, uh, but we publish new, we're thinking about going weekly in 2019, but right now we publish new episodes on the 1st and the 15th of every month, just like Payday. That's awesome. And I'll have that information in the show notes and definitely uh, go listen and subscribe to the show because it, it's going to help make sure that your future is as bright as you want it to be. So Benjamin, thank you again so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. I've got a full page of notes from our conversation. So um, thank you for all of the leadership uh, tidbits and advice that you've provided me and our audience. Hey, beautiful. If any of your audience has any questions, I, I usually live on Twitter as far as social media goes at RetireMeASAP. Uh, shoot me a question and I'll, uh, I'll give you an answer. Awesome. Awesome. And we'll have that information in the show notes as well. So thank you again, Benjamin, for being on the show today. And until next time, everyone, be well. Hey, it's Michael again. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. If you're like many people, you're dealing with some significant stress and possibly approaching burnout. I know how you feel. In 2009, my burnout led to a year of worst case scenarios. I do not want that to happen to you. If you go to breakfastleadership.com, you can register for a free webinar on burnout prevention, as well as get as a free checklist to have successful mornings. Start off each day the right way. Again, that's at breakfastleadership.com. Also, since you are a loyal podcast listener, I'm asking you to like, rate, and review my podcast on iTunes. I look at all the reviews and appreciate your comments, and it helps other potential listeners discover the content I have on the show. I appreciate you, and thanks again for listening.